two former stand-ups, a work in progress podcast hosted by myself, and I don't think I've ever said my name, uh, it's Patrick Tinkler and my co-host Darren Milton. Uh, good morning, Darren, how are you? I'm all, I'm all good, Patrick. Yourself? I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm, uh, I'm a bit worse for wear. I went to bed very late last night because work just went a bit crazy, but uh, I'm here. Um, I got up on time. I've already done something else this morning, which is crazy for me. What time is it? It must be... So about 11 o'clock now. You've not been sorting your coins again, have you? Uh, Well, I have relented on my coins a little bit. If you listened last time round, I've probably spent a few of those coins now uh, due to kind of convenience, really, more than anything else. I needed a a pound coin. Um, But yeah, I've already done something this morning. What have you done? Well, I I went to um, talk Ian back and... uh, Gave something to a courier and yeah, all done, really. Sounds very suspicious. Torquay and back is about twenty minute journey. I got maximum. up at, yeah, but I got and up at twenty past to- I got up at twenty past eight. Yeah. So amazing. I mean it's like it's like I'm a farmer. What did you, what did you a very poor farmer. <laughs> what did you give this courier? Uh, a camera. Okay. It's very secretive. We'll say no more. I gave a courier a camera. <laughs> and the microfiche. And, okay. and the password. Yeah. Um no. Uh, so, yeah. So, I feel like I've already won on the day. I'm already ahead. Cool. Until, yeah, until I go out and fall asleep for three hours. Well, I've spent about three hours working on my business this morning, which I tell people about maybe at a later date. And then something else crops up. Then the traffic was a nightmare. Then there was nowhere to park outside the studio. So, I had to park about half a mile away and run down. Not as fit as I used to be. Still got my trap nerve in my back. So, uh, but apart from that, you know, it's not as exciting as uh, your career. You had to take about 20 minutes to catch your breath as well. I did, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's, not... it's all good, we're, we're on it now, we're on it now. We're open for hours. Um, right, uh, well, I want to talk about the listeners, the listen figures. Now, Hello, listeners. <laughs> they're, uh, they need some work, they need some help, and uh, I've come up with a, I haven't told you about this, but come up with a, a system and uh, something something I'm going to do. Um, which is, I think it's time, and I've thought about other avenues we can go down, but I think it's time I went um, nude on film to publicise the podcast. Okay. Um, this you, would probably match up with the time where we do separate po- podcasts, <laughs> and I'm at my home. No, look, look. I've, I've thought, wait, wait, wait. I've thought about this. Um, it's from a Gail Porter on the Houses of Parliament, do you remember that? Yeah, I do, yeah, but right. I can't really... You're going to show me his hand on your iPad now, yeah? <laughs> no, no, okay. no, 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 that's all right. So I think it's about time I've considered other things, and um, I think the general public... I mean, it would make such a real impact, I think, and the figures would go up straight away. People would be on their lookout for this podcast, they'd be... Yeah? Well, look out for that, anyway, uh, that's coming soon. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know how I'm going to get my uh, image out there. But uh, this is the last I... podcast I will be performing with. Patrick. It's desperate measures. Desperate yeah. measures time. Um, I don't see you doing anything about it. I'm all right for take it. I'll take my clothes off. I'll take my clothes off right now if you want. If that's what. No, no. You've got to think about this. You haven't thought about it like no, I, I have. haven't. No. So no. yeah. So watch out for that. All right. Well, watch out for it. Okay. Well, let's get on with the show then. Um, <laughs> this is kind of. Two day old news we're going to talk about now. That's right, reflective. You let, let me down on Tuesday, so enough said about that. Um, could Sylvester? You're up. Yeah, whatever. Could Sylvester Stallone uh, be the latest Hollywood legend lining up for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? No, you didn't. Did you? No. Uh, <laughs> this comes back to my point last week. Why are they making a two? <laughs> because it's such a good film and comic books. They don't just make one of them, generally. They make a series of them. So if they turn that into a... F- I'm not explaining this. Carry on, carry on. Uh, the Creed star was spotted uh, by the New York Daily News leaving the Atlanta Hotel, where the cast is staying, clutching a script in his hand. Very poor from Sly, if this yeah. was the case, wasn't it, really? Um, Sly, you going, yeah? Yeah, front entrance, yeah? Okay, yeah. Uh, got your yeah, script in your hand, haven't you? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. And you can just see it, just kind of clenched. In Publis- his... Publicity stunt, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. If that isn't enough for you, you've seen getting into a car usually oh. reserved for returning star Chris Pratt. It will re- reunite him with Kurt Russell, because uh, he's already been cut in the film, yep. uh, for um, what is 
being billed as Tango and Cash 2. Do you remember Tango and Cash 1? I do remember. Called Tango and Cash? Yes, without the one, yes. Yeah, yeah no sequel to that. But, um, good, that's really what nice. they got the spirit. They got yeah. the spirit, no sequel. Yeah. So uh, that, I, think that's, I think that's good. I haven't seen Creed yet. Creed, very good reviews. Very good reviews. Good. Rocky 28 or whatever. Yeah, but it was a good film. People liked it. I, universally, they liked it. So they carried... Look, look, stop it now. Director James, James Gunn, as in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director, uh, James Gunn recently confirmed that Russell and Pom Clementief... I like him. Yeah, I think it's a woman. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki, Chris Sullivan and Tommy Flanagan, no idea who those people are, will be joining Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Batista. Karen Gillan and Bradley Cooper for the Marvel Studios sequel. You should watch Garden of the Galaxy. It's a really good film. Uh, Stallone is fresh from his Oscars disappointment. Did you watch the Oscars? No, I didn't. Yeah, thanks Thanks for helping me out. Uh, where Bridge of Spy star Mark Rylance beat him to the Best Supporting Actor award. And that's my way of saying Mark Rylance won Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars, which is good for us Brits, isn't it? Sure, I feel bad. I completely forgot about the Brits, to be honest, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that happens. Well, I haven't seen the Brits either. You haven't oh, seen the, the Oscars. Brits, the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars. I saw yeah. a bit of the Brits. I, didn't, I haven't seen any of the Brits. Um, I've got it recorded. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 will be arriving in UK cinemas on April 28th, 2017. And in US in the US on May 5th. We generally get them before the US now, which is strange. Considering you used to watch the... Uh, Top 10 charts, and it would be films. You know, if you saw US on top, you'd be like, What's this? When's that? You know, all the all the release dates have come together, yeah. and now we're getting them ahead of, ahead of the US, which is probably due to some tax reason <laughs> yeah, or, probably. or something like that. I've got news about one of your favourite uh, broadcasters. I think it is, anyway. Probably not. Uh, Chris Evans has been <laughs> reprimanded by the BBC for making too many references to TFI Friday during his Radio 2 breakfast show. Now, I don't listen to his show, and even I uh, know that he was talking about uh, TFI Friday. Maybe I tuned in maybe once or twice. You know, maybe to, uh, go in, listen to a song, and then two-thirds of the way through it, I'd turn over because I know Chris Evans is going to talk over the last third. I so, listened to a bit of him this morning, and he was playing the TFI jingle. But then again, you know... You're... Is that to rub... I don't know. Yeah, maybe, I suppose, yeah. yeah. I would say so. Yeah. He knows what he's doing there. But people know Chris Evans. They know he's, they do his, he does his radio show. He knows he's as TFI Friday. What's the... But if he's talking about it on the BBC, then he's kind of breaking BBC rules there, really, or broadcast rules by... Publicising yeah, a TV channel. Well, and a product, essentially, because you can only do so much to the I point... Know, I suppose so, yeah, product more than... Yeah, Chris yeah. Evans, behave, stop it. Yeah. Uh, the presenter who is hosting uh, BBC's Top Gear... Do you watch Top Gear? Sometimes I'm not a, not a uh, avid fan like yourself, probably. Mm, I wouldn't call myself an avid. Uh, well, I hate myself for actually watching well, it. <laughs> Wrong meeting. This is the podcast. Not, <laughs> not I hate myself anonymous. That's yeah, tonight. a lot of self-loathing goes on when I watch uh, Top Gear. But um, it was the subject of a listener complaint after the broadcast last October. Would you have you ever complained about anything that's on TV? No. You've gone get no, cause Marjorie. Button. Get yeah. my phone. <laughs> get my quill. Because there's a button you can press. If you don't like something, just turn turn it over. Which, what's that? You know what I mean? Like a different number. Just put... Oh. I hate people that complain just full stop. People that whinge and moan and complain about everything. We should hunt these people down. <sighs> just look outside Look outside the window. There's probably You'll probably see one from here. If you don't like it, someone else might. If you don't like so. things in life, change it. You're not a tree. <laughs> Very good. Sorry, I got uh, deep mm-hmm. and meaningful. It's one of those <laughs> Yeah, days. don't do that. The complaint kicked off an investigation by the Corporation's Editorial Complaints Unit, or ECU. It's the good old ECU. Uh, Evans was called to a meeting with BBC Radio Management and verbally warned about the rules for mentioning commercial products. Uh, the independent reports. I'm sure it's water for ducks back for Chris Evans. I'm sure you've been called in many, many, many times. Yeah, for worse things than mentioning a different TV programme. The ECU said yeah. Evans had made too many references to TFI on his radio programme and added that they, he was promoting the show, mm. which is kind of what I've already said, but yeah. in, using a different word. As the producers of TFI Friday profit from the sale to Channel, to Channel 4, it comes within the scope of the editorial, editorial guidelines dealing with references to commercial products, organisations and services, read its ruling. But why did, why did they have to call I've it? got more. 
Uh, the references to Tier 5 Friday were largely promotional in character and more numerous than was editorially justifiable. A spokesman for the BBC told uh, Digital Spy, we note the findings. Ba-ba-ba. Tier 5 Friday was broadcast on Channel 4 and made by Ginger Productions. Evans founded the company, but is no longer involved in it, having sold it to STV in 2000 in a deal worth a reported £225 million. Evans hosted Tier 5 Friday from 1996 to 2000 and fronted the show's 20th anniversary series when it returned last year. I'll finish now, we can talk. I've seen Chris Evans play football, which was uh, back at the height of his fame, back at the mighty Talk United, West Saunders Testimonial. Google it, folks. Um, why do they have to call him into... This is what I hate. I don't know. Uh, you kind of set me off last week, like, moaning about stuff, but it's kind of like... I don't think I did that. I think you did, but it's like, they called him into a meeting, the report found his findings. How much time did that take? Just say to Chris Evans, stop mentioning TF... Morning, Chris, you are right. Yeah, not too bad, Joe. Stop mentioning TFI Friday. Okay, cool. It's not a formal rebuke unless you make a meeting, though, isn't it? You, it if these people rebuke. can make a meeting... Yeah. And then, oh, you know... Where's lunch? Oh, lunch will be on its way. Here comes lunch. You know what I mean? They get a lunch out of it. I just waste the time at meetings. We'll have meetings about the last meeting. Yeah, but at this you, meeting, we'll discuss the next meeting. If you Skype it, then is anyone learning anything? I don't know. I think yeah, I but think in this point, down. in this part, I used to work like from home, but travel like three hours to like team meetings. The amount of times I sat in the team meetings thinking, what? Just send me an email sending this. Don't need to get up at five o'clock in the morning, drive up the M5. Just a lot of things have lost meaning for you. you know. Nothing means anything, does it? Just stop wasting Chris Evans' time is what I'm thinking I'm trying to say, yeah? Yeah, but he's wasted enough people's time, uh, including oh, mine. Um, be prepared. Turnover, turnover. Yeah, but he talk- look, listen, you get to the through the song, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for him to come. It's not like he's got an announcement to make. It's not like it's an important announcement or announcing what's on the show. He just talked rubbish over the last third of the song. I don't like it, and it needs to stop now. Next week's special guest is Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, well, I went to the same ga- game you did um, at Talkie United. Um, but I didn't kind of see Chris Evans really. Uh, Danny Baker um, oh, yeah. was uh, yeah he got in. There was like a crowd formed around him, and he looked panicked. And um, he did sign. He did. I, 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 I was I, young enough to not to know better. But I got his signature, <laughs> and he ripped the paper as he signed it because it was cheap paper. I didn't really think much of it. Um, and someone said, "Danny, do you still?" Bye, Daz. Because <laughs> if you don't know, Danny Baker used to uh, yeah promote the Daz. Promote Daz, um, Daz doorstep challenge, and he said, "Not since they stopped paying me to do uh, to use it." No, and then he got in and he escaped. Uh, be prepared for a lot more Star Wars. A lot of Star Wars. You love Star Wars. You're always going on about it. You said you've seen it five times. Uh, according to reports, plans uh, are already underway for five more films. So you can watch them five. Each that would be twenty five times. You've yeah. So you happy with that? It was your friend, I know. And you've seen the film, uh, or you. Uh, five more films after twenty twenty. On top of the four still yet to come. So you got nine. So you got four times five twenty twenty five forty. You can see them forty five times. Forty five times. Yeah, there you and go. How many Star Wars films have been so far then? Um, seven. They're going to make another nine. That's sixteen cool. films. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is oh, this is making you really angry, isn't it? I can tell. You hate this. Why don't they just make something new? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what want they do at home with Star Wars? Just make it a reality program and save them making films all the time. Well, Tell you why? Because people love it. Fair play. If you love Star Wars, that's your own. It's your own lookout. And it makes them billions. You know what the answer is? Create a new film of your own. I've stumped actually, you. I've stumped actually started you. work on that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's tired. Yeah. You know, Gail Porter. Started, <laughs> started working the novel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. been going on and on for yeah, eight, seven years. You can't rush these yeah. things. We've all done that. Uh, I've, I've written two paragraphs. Well, there you uh, go, then. There you go. <laughs> Among the reported ideas are more solo outings for new and legacy characters, with the likes of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mace Windu being touted. Disney chairman Bob Iger... Previously confirmed that there would be more Star Wars on the way after episode 9. And that's in Roman numerals, and I know what that is. That's if you got... IX, which is 9, isn't it? 
if you get a film title or any title and you're now into Roman numerals, you know that you've just gone <laughs> past the point of... No, you, you, more Roman numerals. Uh, after episode 9 in 2019, J.J. Abrams said, these are some really cool things being discussed. See? It's very in- exciting to see how it is being put together. There we go. The words of J.J. Abrams. Don't get me wrong. People like Star Wars. If you like Star Wars and you listen to this, then fair play to you. I take, if I had a hat, I'd take it off to you, but it's just not my thing. The next film to be released in the sci-fi universe is the first standalone film, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. A Star Wars spin-off? Yeah, it's spin off all over the place. <sighs> and a Han Solo film being planned, which we talked about before. Han Solo film, film being planned for 2018. Episode 8 is set to be released in December... All these dates, man. Uh, it's set to be released in December 2017, with episode 9 slated for 2019. A lot of this coming out. You're going to love it. Star Wars The Force Awakened was released last year, starring the likes of Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill. Very briefly, Mark Hamill. Um, have you seen Daisy Ridley's being kind of in the news yesterday for... People kind of criticising her for the her kind of condition and shape in in, in um, the recent Star Wars film, saying she's too thin, and then she's, she's come, which is kind of I rev- have that reverse. same problem to be honest with you. Yeah, people say to me, Darren, look, you're too thin. Are you eating properly? <laughs> Let me give you a pie. As long as she's out, if she's moving, then she's all right, isn't she? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's long as she's healthy. Yeah. Well, and it, it's, it's just this... even if she's not healthy to be honest. As long as she's moving, she's not well, causing anyone any bother. It's just this. Um, this kind of bandwagon that people get hit up about and um, people should be this size and then kind of reverse kind of reverse sexism reverse all sorts of different things when so so if you're thin and healthy and you, you're not you're big I'm not describing this very well then you're somehow it's somehow wrong I don't I don't get it. It's, it's got its priorities right out of order, really. Um, so if she's healthy and that's that's her shape, what, what are you going to do? What's she going to do? Put put weight on? I People been phoning up to complain or writing in to complain or well, calling meetings because she's too thin. Well, she just reacted to something that uh, I think she was tweeted, saying real women women have curves and all that. Men and women are all different shapes and sizes, and as long as you're healthy and uh, you know, shut up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When I'm when I'm rich and famous, I'm going to get myself off Twitter. To be honest with you, I don't want people messaging me. Again. No, like, Darren, your six packs too amazing. <laughs> I don't need that kind of. Don't need that hassle. No, you know it is. So yeah, that's, exactly. all, that's yeah. all. you need to know. Um, Channel Four denies reports. I'm going to edit that bit because I, I didn't describe that very well at all. That's right. <laughs> Channel, <laughs> right. Send that as we are. Channel Four denies reports that the jump has been axed after three series. Are you a fan of the jump? Are you a fan of seeing celebrities hurt themselves? I've seen bits and pieces, like literally like two minutes of it. But yeah, everyone's kind of hurting themselves this time, aren't they? Can they get away with this? Can they justify this? In the in the, the, the name of entertainment? Celebrities skiing down a slope. And hurting themselves? How many injuries have we had? Oh, I'm going to go through it in a minute, I think. But it's been quite 12 injuries. That's because they're not professional ski jumpers, aren't What they? about Joe Swash? Who thought about him? Did he engineer himself? I don't know, but whatever. One's as good as the next. Um, who thought about um, Robbie from EastEnders? Yeah, and people thinking about their health, their safety. No, they're probably just... Who thought about Duffy from Casualty? Eh? she been on that, No, she hasn't. But it's the yeah. only other person I could think of for some reason. <laughs> who thought of Mark from EastEnders when they put their jump together? Where's health and safety? Have a think about that. A spate of injuries. What part of being a celebrity must you get to, like, must be just below pantomime in Graves End? Yeah. No offence, Graves End. That's quite well paid. Bobby Davro recently said that he had to leave EastEnders because he couldn't afford to stay in it. He said he could earn more from, I don't know, the shows he does and um, Panto than he could by staying in his sentence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, fair play to him. So yeah. But yeah, Panto is probably well paid. But what part of like being a celebrity, like being like on EastEnders or whatever, and the next thing you're on, you're jumping off a ski slope. Well, any kind of danger is kind of associated with water, ice, in in some way. Because um, Dancing on Ice had a few. Do you remember Bonnie Langford? Was it? Oh uh, yeah. 
Oh, she hit that ice. She didn't off. She bounced off that, didn't she? Um, and all the accidents happened there, and the twisted ankles and all the cuts yeah. and bruises. All the normal things that people get when they're ice skating, I suppose, really, uh, that celebrities didn't think about before they signed up. Yeah, and then they go into snow, and they break their backs and injure their legs and all sorts. thing is, call me old-fashioned, but if you're an actor... You're old-fashioned. Old you're an actor, be an actor. Yeah, Don't but get people, involved in like yeah, crappy but they won't game let, shows. People realities. won't let them. People won't let them be actors. Well, they can see here if they want to come and do their uh, Joe Swash. If you're listening next week, come down to Sunny Torbay and be on our podcast. Do some voiceovers. Yeah, exactly. Voiceover work. Yeah. But then in saying that, if I was a celebrity in EastEnders and I left EastEnders and I couldn't get any other work, it wasn't all working out for me. Yeah, I'd probably go on the jump. And I saw him on dinner date. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner date, which is where there's a dinner and a date. <laughs> and t- celebrities from The Only Way is Essex and Joe Swash. Yeah. And Made in Chelsea. And that's it. No, someone who used to be on the Emmerdale. Yeah. Or Emmerdale Farm, as it should be called. Um, I've seen them on there. And you just think, how's that going to work? What the hell is this about? The, the basis of this show is totally gone. I mean, you know, when they have members of the public on there. It's kind of spurious and rubbish. But having celebrities, what, are they going to marry these people? It's essentially, uh, the person comes along, they pick three menus from three different people, and then they go on dates with the people. Okay? You know this, you've seen it. I've seen it, yeah. Um, but how does that work on a celebrity basis? You just think, well, I want my first wedding, and then, yeah, and five years of marriage, and then I'll accept it. Otherwise, No. People picking people to go on dates with by what they eat is always a bit because you're not going to put down like normal for you know if you take put, away yeah if you put down oh, I'd like a kebab yeah burger on the way in from you know you're going to impress people with your like if I went on dinner date and there's three girls and they all put their best their most amazing food that they cook on there yeah, I don't think you'd be I think you'd be the cookie not the cooked for what are you saying <laughs> no, you go saying? on <laughs> go on. <laughs> Well, I've got my choice of three women on there and pick out what they cook. Yeah. You, you know, that's just for show, isn't it? It's just for show. <laughs> well, no, because if I'm picking, at least I'm going yeah, to get you wouldn't something. Be, yeah, but you wouldn't Not be picking. Something. That sounds wrong, isn't it? You'd be, you wouldn't be picking. You'd be the, cook, the, the cookie. All right, if you was on dinner day, what would you cook? What could I cook? That is the question. Which is... Oh... Cheese on toast to start. Yeah, that's what you'd like to cook, but I bet you went on telly, you'd be like... Oh, I've got I some would, smoked salmon and a. I'd have to be true to myself. I wouldn't. I couldn't. Exactly, exactly. these people know where they truth fa- themselves. I couldn't cook fancy food. I wouldn't be able to. It'd turn out awful anyway. So what could I cook? Um, cheese on toast to start. Um, main um, cheese on toast with beans on top and an egg. <laughs> and then to finish, um, some sort of bean medley. <laughs> See, ladies, you are missing out. You are missing out. <laughs> Then what could you do? Um, a w- Angel Delight for the first week. Well, there you go. There, there you go. go. So, done. Yeah, Better okay. scotch, bat scotch, maybe. Oh, you should ruin it now. It should be strawberry. Well, scotch is people like that. What, what could you do? Oh, I'd probably just stick with something traditional. Probably like lasagna. Yeah, you're not, oh. you're not getting picked, are you? You're not getting picked with lasagna. Well, no, but it's me, isn't no it? No fennel in there. It's no me. fennel. <laughs> you need me. fennel in there. All right, I'll have a... Uh, a uh, Free-range duck. You need a a duck with a with, asparagus. with an egg and yeah, a, and exactly. a, a yeah. turkey inside it. Don't know how that works, but nah. yeah. even like on Take Me Out, sometimes I watch that and it's just like <sighs> what ladies, you know so they've all kind of got they're not they're not real, are they? Be they've careful now. Be careful. They've all got their makeup. Don't they? They, should, they all want to be on TV. But then also you should have another round where where you they're in their pyjamas or in their normal clothes or whatever. Just get in the whole package. Yeah, I think you pyjamas. Well you know, what? see what they what they look like first Right, thing in the okay. Makeup makeup challenge. Is that what you're talking about stuff like that? No, just natural. Yeah that's what I mean. Makeup challenge as in no makeup. Well it's not a challenge there's no makeup, is it? It's yeah, natural. They call that the Don't put a word challenge on the end of it just to make it sound good. Yeah, but that's what that's what they call it on social media, isn't it? They call it the makeup challenge, no makeup. No makeup challenge. That's what well, they, they call it. They call it a challenge. Call it. You've been on I Twitter just call recently. It getting up, getting up. Well, well, that's what they do on look, look for the, if I was one of those ladies um, and most of the, to be honest 99% of those men 
came down that they get elevator. They get. They I do. would turn my light off and smash it to pieces. <laughs> I really would. I'd go, I've made a mistake, but this uh, button and light emitting device is going to pay for it. <laughs> and that would be the end of it. And I'd walk off. I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't go to any kind of holiday they'd arrange. You wouldn't go to Fernando's. I wouldn't. I wonder how many of those people have like woke up in the morning and met their partner down by the pool and not recognised them because they weren't <laughs> orange. <laughs> they weren't paying attention to begin with. Like, it, it is you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all of you do. All of you. It's not natural. No, not natural. Just, yeah, there you go. Maybe I don't need a film. Maybe I need a natural dating show. God. Uh, yeah, but once you put something on TV, it becomes unnatural. People, people don't well, well, aren't, aren't themselves. Once you put a camera in front of them, I know. God, I've interviewed enough people. You talk to them, hey, yeah, da, da, da. put a camera on, and suddenly they change their voice, goes all quiet, and then mm. they're, they're very acting, very unnaturally. Well, my world domination for a new dating show is that. <laughs> keep keep working before, on no, it. No, it's dead before it started. Keep working on it. You'll get it. A spate, back to the jump, that's what we're talking about. A spate of injuries to celebrities has apparently put the future of the programme in doubt, but the channel called the rumours categorically untrue. The jump has been hugely successful, averaging over 2 million viewers. God, is that it? That's a success nowadays. Um, Across this series. And last Sunday, which is the Sunday, not last Sunday, the Sunday before that, because this is old news. So is it last? Is it the Sunday just gone? No, I think it's the Sunday before. It's important. It? We've got to get this right. Uh, it helped Channel Four to be the most watched commercial channel across the whole day. Um, yeah. So this information you got here is that last Sunday or the Sunday before? Oh God, I don't know. Should we, should we stop the progress? Do you think it's that important? I do. I don't think I just say care. a Sunday. So the jump. So a Sunday it, in March, or possibly February, or late February. Before. Help Channel 4, blah, blah, blah. It's categorically untrue to suggest the show has been axed, which is a shame, isn't it? Uh, the jump had racked up at least 12 injuries so far this series. How many contestants have they got? They haven't got 12 contestants, have they? Oh, what's the date today? The 11th. Oh, man. No, this is, <laughs> this is older than I thought. <laughs> this is way old. The final of the jump happened on March 6th. <laughs> At 7.30 on Channel 4. Yeah, a programme that finished almost a week ago. Yeah. We're now talking about. Yeah, so, this yeah. is old. I should have checked the date on this, shouldn't I? That's all right. Don't worry. Well, whatever. I hope you enjoyed the jump. <laughs> um, back to comic book movie news, which I knew you love. Yeah. You're yeah. a big fan. Why don't they make more of the Simpsons movie? They only made one. Well, because the Simpsons should have been put out as misery... 12 years ago <laughs> that's it's why it's still funny it's, it's not, still good we'll have okay we'll take the Simpsons on one day alright all right? that's, a, that's a challenge yeah. you, you convinced me it's still it's still decent you look a bit like Ralph actually that's not very nice <laughs> well if I can't be you, if I can't if I can't be one of the pickers on the dinner <laughs> date you look like Ralph I was going to say is this a jive getting back at me yeah. for the dinner date yeah it wouldn't cook for you uh, DC Entertainment and Warner Bros are clearly going big with the Justice League movie, casting Oscar winner J.K. Simmons as Gotham City's police commissioner, Gordon. Now, this is important because, well, it's it's casting news, but also because he was in the Spider-Man films, wasn't he? Do you remember the Spider-Man films? Yeah. Jonah Jameson, the guy with the hair and the... I'd probably know if you saw a picture of him. He showed me a tattoo of him, I'd recognise him. He shouted a lot in the films. Anyway... Um, so essentially, people were on social media saying he should be cast again as J. Joe and the Jameson in the Spider-Man films. But I think this ends this because obviously he's a kind of a DC property now, uh, being in being a, a, a Commissioner Gordon. That's uh, a good choice. He's a good actor. Uh, the Spider-Man veteran is jumping sides, as I say, to DC to play Batman's staunchest crime-fighting ally. DC comic character Commissioner James Gordon has been played by a slew of actors. A slew? Would you like to be included in the slew? Slew. No. Mm. Including Lyle Talbot Talbot in the 1949 series Batman and Robin. Neil Hamilton. This is uh, Commissioner Gordon uh, actor news. Neil Hamilton in the TV series Batman in the 1960s. Pat Hingle in the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman movie franchise. And most recently by Gary Oldman in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight films. The character is an integral part of the Batman literary mythos. 
and is the lead character in Gotham Fox's take on Gordon's early days, where he's played by Ben McKenzie. Famous for? Football. No. <laughs> Football. <laughs> no idea. The OC. Did you watch the OC um, no, ten no, years ago? No. You didn't watch it? Okay, he was also in a very good cop show called... TJ Hooker? He's not that old. Um, Called Southland, which I would recommend to anyone who likes that sort of thing. Very good, brilliant. And he ended it too soon, unfortunately. Uh, Simmons is already a familiar familiar face to the superhero world, as as I say, played J. Jonah Jameson. And did you watch Whiplash? Did you watch whatever... Any other films? I've had Whiplash, if that counts. You've had Whiplash. No, that does count. I'll take it. All right. There we go. And now um, we're going to talk about chat shows. And I think, yes, I haven't included any of my notes about chat shows. Yes, the listeners can't believe you have notes. I know. (laughs) I, I made some notes and I've duplicated the J. Jonah Jameson story. About J.K. Simmons, and that has replaced my notes about chat shows. So I'm going to see if I can remember my notes about chat shows. Essentially, I think they're in a bit of trouble at the moment. Um, In this country, we have... Alan Carr. Alan Carr. uh, I want the full title. Alan Carr, Chatty Man. Ding! We have... Jonathan Ross Show. The Jonathan Ross Show, ITV, yes. We have... Graham Norton... Graham Norton show. Why they call it a show? We know it's a show. The Graham Norton. That one worked. Let's call it Graham Norton. Oh, yeah, okay. Graham yeah. Norton show. Tax reasons. The Graham Norton show. Yeah, okay. All right, and we also have. I think that's it, isn't it? Michael McIntyre done a show. He did for a like show. A series. Whether that's going to come back, it's been off for a couple mm. of years now. Isn't I think it, it was just at the height of it. Yeah, he's been touring and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, maybe, maybe it might come back. Yeah. yeah, it makes all the money touring. Uh, let's have a break. Let's just see some. Yeah, it'll be back probably. Um, not that to say I watched it at all. Watch like two minutes of it once. I met Michael McIntyre before he was famous. Plus another story for another day. So three chat shows that are regular then. And I think they're in a bit of trouble. I think they're no longer what they were, certainly. They've certainly changed. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think they've become it's become more entertainment than an actual interview. And maybe that maybe they're not interviews and maybe they tell you they're not interviews. Essentially Chatty Man is a chat, maybe. <laughs> and the rest of shows. So probably closest one remaining is Jonathan Ross, who occasionally does as kind of probing serious questions. Um, Graham Norton is a vehicle for publicity. Um, these are my I opinions. If Chris Evans could go on there and talk about TFI Friday. He probably well within within a certain guidelines. He could yes. There's not you can't just blatantly out uh, publicise uh, what your film or whatever. Mm. I think there's got to be some kind of journalistic or uh, endeavour in there. It can't just be. An out and out plug. Yeah. Of course, Terry Wogan, I think when he interviewed Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and maybe one other person, um, that was a big issue then because they came along with their, uh, what was the restaurant that they set Planet up? Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. Um, jackets on. And uh, yeah, Wogan didn't like that because it was just an out and out chat but I know maybe but you let's know. get it's probably Bruce Willis because he was the other business Bruce partner. Willis there we go let's get Bruce Willis Sylvester Stallone Arles Schwarzenegger in because they're implementing their chain of restaurants in London called Planet Hollywood or oh, they've worn their Planet Hollywood jackets to be fair you know that's the only way you're going to get them in a room with a microphone really isn't it yeah exactly um, but uh, that was one I, uh, probably a few guidelines were written after that that's what I'm trying to say you ever been to Planet Hollywood no I have in London right and your anecdote is? It, it was all right. <laughs> my review for it. It's all right. Is it still going? Yeah. It's it still is. busy as well, yeah. yeah. Like a couple of years ago, my girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. Really busy. See, I don't, you don't hear anything about it. It's just It's just one place, isn't it, in London? In London, yeah. So there's no, not like a chain? No, I think they've got one in New York and probably one in China, I think. Or maybe Paris. Is it worth it? I mean, if you're not going to turn that business into a chain of... Is it worth it? I mean... To have one, one here, one there, one Yeah, towards. I suppose London's the main... The camp, it's like hard rock cafes, don't they? they got one in London. How big is it? 
not Planet Hollywood. Yeah. I'm sure, it's on two levels. Is it two levels? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not my business. Yeah. yeah. Do what they want. But uh, yeah. So, what in the eighties, nineties, two thousands, noughties, you had Parkinson. Plenty of criticism for Parkinson. A lot of praise in his early days. I think as the show went on, moved from the beauty to the ITV, and if I had my notes. I could tell you when, about him getting softer on his guests and it becoming less of, less of an interview. But, you know, it probably paves the way for all the rest of the shows the way they are now, as things are getting softer and softer, more commercial, more entertainment-based than they used to be. And I think, I think we have lost something there, but maybe we haven't got the characters. I mean, who would you want investigated in an interview now, nowadays? There aren't, you know. I it, think it comes back to what we spoke to before. Like years ago, you had like four TV channels, etc. Now, like if you miss, I don't know, say for example, Sylvester Stallone on Jonathan Ross for argument's sake. Well, you know, you can. It was on about. On, yeah, it was on for Creed. Yeah, he's going to turn up on Graham Norton. He's going to, you know, it's not like that one time you sort of see him. Do you know what I mean? It's always. The, I mean, he's been on Graham Norton. Uh, essentially, if they're promoting one thing, then they only get a choice, or, or the, you know, they're going to only appear on one show. And that's another thing we'll get onto in a minute. But in terms of the, you know, the, the the kind of classic interviews like Oliver Reed and all these, and the you know the writers and the and the, the actors that they used to have on Parkinson and Russell Harty and and that kind of thing, we I don't think we have them anymore. I just don't think they exist. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody. I think oh, I'd like to see them interviewed because you've kind of seen them all. Or these people do exist, but they they they're not on the same pathway. Hmm. That that they used to exist. Um, how many, how many people are just famous for their writing nowadays? <laughs> I no. will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Uh, apart from yourself, we're, oh, wait, we're waiting for right, your yeah. book, and then then it can start a whole new age yeah, exactly, of uh, yeah. <laughs> literary success for yourself. Yeah, I don't suppose there's any. Fa- you know, even back in her day, was J.K. Rowling. Well, she's not, you know, not on her day, but when she's at height of Harry Potter, she must have been interviewed on some of these shows. But was it really like a deep... How you, everyone knows that she started out in a cafe in Edinburgh. It's kind of like, what's she going to... Well, I think she was on Jonathan Ross. Yeah. But, but I, I'm you... talking about um, proper kind of storytellers, like Pete Eustonoff and these characters that just don't... They don't exist. Don't so exist. I mean, we've got Stephen Fry, and whether you like Stephen Fry or not, he is that kind of character. Hmm. Who are, I mean, that's it. To be Actually, to be fair... One, one I did. I still watch Jonathan Ross, even though I think it fails on a lot of levels. Um, I still watch it because occasionally you do you do get a good a good night's entertainment, or or at least find something out or be entertained. Um, uh, Michael Caine was on there about three or four weeks ago. Right, okay. That was a good that was a good time because well, Jonathan Ross kind of cut, um, wasn't as vulgar or you know kind of knew he was in the presence of decent uh, guests, yeah. a real decent guests. So. We just spent some time with Michael Caine, which was good. Last week was Tom Hollander, uh, actor. I saw a bit Rev. of this, yeah. yeah. Yeah? And I really enjoyed him, and he was very kind of dry, and you know, it was very good, very good interview, and uh, that was a good one. But, you know, you you really, I look, and pick, you really pick, and you go, and you look at the guest, and you think, oh my God, no. You, you know, you'll skip one completely, because yeah. uh, you'll know how it goes. You, you, know, you won't be surprised by anything. <laughs> Write out the script. You can st- what they're going to talk about. I think also the pro- problem is that that probably Parkinson didn't have back in his day is that Jonathan Ross and Graham Norton are like mates with some of these people already. So it's kind of not like it's like the first time they've met them. They want to know this. They want to know the other. And there's probably stuff in the back of their mind where they're thinking, "Oh, I remember not to mention about so and so." You know what I mean? It's yeah. Kind of... I mean the publicists, the PR, the entourage. Oh, yeah. That that's all increased. You know. They're harder to get to these people, I would have thought, nowadays mm. than before. But, you know, that's kind of generalisation. That's probably true in some cases and not true in others. Yeah, I think I think it, the shift comes from America, as it normally does. I think chat shows in America have always, you know, Letterman always lean towards um, stunts and things that, that we're now just kind of adopting and it's come over here. But then Letterman did mix in some... Ser- you know, kind of serious interviews as well, but say uh, you know about his throwing a watermelon off the top of a building and that kind of thing and all that, which is twenty years ago now, if not more, for Letterman. But mm. now we've got Jonathan Ross kind of 
it's come over here, it's creeped over here and slowly worked into our chat shows as well. Um, so he's doing stunts. What did we see a couple of weeks ago? That new tennis player hitting grapes or something for uh, someone else to catch? I don't know. Oh, uh, Taylor, not Taylor Swift. That guy out of um, Twilight to catch in his mouth. That kind of thing was you've seen on Letterman yeah. 25 years ago. And now it's they're kind of feeling the pressure to do less content less uh, interview-driven content and more mm. stunt-driven content. And Graham Norton, I think, has always more or less been that. And uh, should these things apologise for what they are? Well, maybe not, but I think we've lost a good interview. We don't have a good interview programme on TV anymore. Yeah, and like once the guests are out, they're all sat together as well, aren't they? Or you flash back to the green room and all that kind of stuff. Really, I think... It... Maybe I need to write my own chat show. But kind of like, you bring the guests out one at a time, the guests come on, the guests go off, the next guest comes on, guest goes up. There's no kind of interaction. Because, yeah, because it is just turns into more, um, not necessarily entertainment, more kind of like fun and games, or someone's talking about someone in the green room, and then it goes back to them in the green room. So, well, let's just listen to what this guy has got to say. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. You bring them out, which Graham Norton was kind of the, not the first one to do that, but it's definitely popularised all the guests coming out, and sometimes there are two two lots of guests mm. per show, aren't there? Yeah. I think they, they see that as a lot more relaxed and and the for these stunts to work, I think you've got to have all the guests out, haven't you, yeah. for, for, for these moments to be captured that they want. And going on to America again, if you type in the, the chat shows in America, like Jimmy Kimmel... And if I had my notes, the rest of them, their YouTube account comes up before their actual website does. Right, okay. I think that says a lot about how we see those shows as well over here, which is normally on Facebook where they've done a stunt and it's spread through social media. And James Corden's obviously over there with his show. And they're all called The Tonight Show or The Late Late Show or Mm. The Late Show. So if I had my notes, (laughs) yeah, again, I could tell you what they are, but I'd get them mixed up now. Obviously, James Corden's gone over there, which was a risk. And, you know, some could say he wore out his welcome in Britain. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's very successful through the carpool karaoke or whatever he does, which is not a new idea whatsoever. And nor is the comedians drinking coffee in cars. Mm. Do you know if you've seen that one as well, which is kind of led by Jerry Seinfeld? I think the first version of that uh, was the Robert Llewellyn. If you look on YouTube, you'll see that that's the first, right, okay. or, or at least to me, my knowledge anyway, the first version of that, which is him giving celebrities. I think it was possibly sponsored by an electric car company to begin with, um, where he gives celebrities lifts in his electric car. It's not a new idea, and it certainly could say ripped from <laughs> from that, if not if not another another version of that. Yeah, I say I think we've lost something. I don't think we'll get it back anytime soon. That's not to say a version, you know, once you get so much of one thing, it normally snaps back possibly into what it what it was. But uh, I think we'll have to look elsewhere for this. And normally, sometimes you capture catch a, an, interview, an in-depth interview on maybe BBC4 or one of those, one of those shows. And sometimes it's radio now where you have to look for uh, in-depth conversation. Yeah, people getting straight to the point as opposed to... Hitting grapes. Hitting grapes, yeah. Striking <laughs> grapes. Um, let's talk about some of the famous moments. And uh, I think I've maybe lost another page. But <laughs> anyway, we were children of the 90s, or the 80s, 90s. Um, so we'll remember this one. Um, Clive Anderson, All Talk. Can you? Do you know which one I'm going to talk about? No. The Brothers Gibb. Have you seen this one? No, go on. Okay, but have... go on. The Bee Gees on Clive Anderson, All Talk in 1997. Barry Gibb. Mm-hmm. Morris Gibb and Barry third one go on you can do it Robin Gibb of Robin, course yeah, yeah you're yeah. about to say it I can yeah. see. I've watched most of these clips back and to be fair I think this is probably if you go on Clive Anderson what do you expect him to take the mickey there we go that's kind of all, <laughs> all part of the deal isn't it when it was when he kind of released that uh I mean, this is a uh, this is a scripted joke. He's written this one. This isn't off the cuff, because I think he asks um, either he brings up or he asks them what they used to be called. And they used to be called their band name used to be called Letosers. Right. Okay. Um, and look, 
if you call yourself that, <laughs> then either you should know better at the time or you've just been unlucky later on. Anderson quipped, you'll always be Latosses to me. Which I think is it's not it's not that bad, is it? But Barry Gibb didn't like he it. He didn't like it. Mm. The main Gibb, the lead Gibb, didn't like it at all. The fiery Gibb. Yeah. Essentially, the interview goes on for another three or four minutes. Right, okay. Uh, but uh, Barry Gibb doesn't let it lie before walking off saying, you're the tosser pal to Clive. And then Clive looks a bit bemused. I don't think it's... He looks really bemused in it. Like, really, what's happening? He, he just thought he'd kind of sat back and, you know, control the situation. But he really looks like he's lost control. And there's always the awkward bit, isn't it, where they have to take off their microphone. So you can't storm <laughs> off if you have to unhook yeah. your microphone. Uh, you have to get up, reach behind you, grab your mic pack, bring it through your shirt, take it off your <laughs> collar, and then eventually storm off. It's not like dropping the microphone at, yeah. at the Brits, is it? But the only one left, I mean, Barry Gibb gets up and, and goes off. Robin follows diligently uh, behind him. Uh, Morris... I don't know, you could say the nice Gib uh, kind of is a bit bemused as well and he stays for another 30, 40 seconds and Clive says, he said, oh, Morris says, well, I better go and Clive says, well, no, you can stay and he says, oh, yeah, but I don't do impressions and then he eventually goes as well and then Clive Anderson, um, looking still bemused, um, ends the show or at least, you know, that's when the, the show ends at the when the, when they walk off. Like you say, if you're going to call yourself Latossas, it's going to come up at some point in a <laughs> or at least later on as yeah. it becomes more in use for yeah, exactly. maybe other reasons. I don't know what <laughs> that stands for really, but yeah. Uh, Grace Jones on Russell Harty. This is you must have seen this. Clip. I have. I was just trying to remember what actually happens in it. Once you once you tell me, I'll, I'll, she wore a white suit. I can tell you that. Um, Russell Harty tends to be overshadowed by his arch rival Parkinson. Uh, he used to be anyway, uh, but his chat show was a fixture in the schedules between 1972 and 1984. Highlights include Mark Bolan prophetically predicting that he wouldn't live into middle age, and the Who's Pete Townsend and Keith Moon ripping off each other's shirt sleeves. Hardy's most memorable moment, though, was in 1980 interview with statuesque singer Grace Jones when the host turned away from her to address another guest. Jones took offence and started slapping him, and it is a bit of a strange one to be honest when you see it. Um, obviously you've got Grace Jones camera left Russell Hart in the middle and then another guest I don't know unfortunately the fact that he they arrange it so he can turn his back to his guests is a bit odd surely you know generally it's the you know the presenter or the host and then everyone's on one side aren't they so he turns his back to him and to be fair I mean maybe attacking him was probably a bit too much (laughs) Um, but you can understand someone getting a bit irked yeah. by seeing someone's shoulder and the, their back <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure I would break out the uh, no, if you turn the, your back uh, to me now I'll give you a slap yeah exactly I wouldn't bring, break out the fingernails and, and, yeah. and, and attack again, you again publicity who knows what she was publicising at the time well it's certainly it's certainly gone down in all the shows since I mean it's not too long before we have to wait for a clip show shows that I'm not sure who gets the money but probably not Grace Jones and then one where I'm not quite sure. I mean, I don't remember this at the time. I'm I've, I embarrass very easily when watching these things. Uh-huh. I can't with this this one we're going to talk about now. I didn't see it at the time, and I haven't gone searching for it since. But Tom Cruise on Oprah in 2005. Now the version I saw on YouTube may probably isn't the right version. It's not the full interview. I think it was cut or edited. And now I got distracted and had to go and do something else. So um, I think I've seen the just the clips of the breakdown yeah. uh, of Tom Cruise. <laughs> Despite the fervent Scientology and wicked whispers about his private life, toothsome actor, action hero, Tom Cruise has rarely made a misstep uh, over his two-decade career. That will change in 2005 during the publicity rounds for War of the Worlds. Not a good film. He made an unnervingly manic appearance on Daytime Queen, Oprah Winfrey's show. Um, he was full of laughter, bear hugs. He kind of wrestles Oprah a couple of times um, and air punching. Uh, Cruz leapt onto the uh, beige couch, declared his love for new girlfriend Kate Holmes and then went searching for her, dragged her onto the stage and, of course, uh, went viral and his reputation kind of suffered 
what's the word? Irrecubably. Irrecubably. Yeah. That word, anyway. Um, I think it did. I have got some notes, actually. I've got some notes. Oh, well done. Wow. Probably not about Tom Cruise, but you got notes. No, yeah. No, it is. Um, just made some notes on... And it, what first strikes you about that whole thing is Oprah Winfrey and the audience. Because before you see Tom, kind of the hysteria in the in the um, studio is amazing. It's it's Beatles-esque, really. The, the, the women screaming... And the lips on their faces, it's quite something to behold. Oprah declares, he's in the building. And just everyone goes mental. Um, the hysteria is palpable. It really is. Uh, crew starts resting, as I say, Oprah like a toddler. It's like literally, you know, when a toddler comes up to you and you're like, uh-huh. like a bear. You know, you're kind of trying to push them away because they're getting on your nerves. That's what uh, Tom Cruise um, did. Very strange. As I say, I haven't seen the full thing. Can't judge the full thing. I think there was, oh, I don't know, but I would guess that there was some kind of lucid- lucidity in there somewhere where Tom does talk about War of the Worlds. Mm. The crowd kind of just lap all this stuff up that he's doing. He keeps dropping to the floor with a fist pump uh, talking about his new love for Katie Holmes. And they lap it all up. They would lap the strangers up. So when he keeps on doing it, or when it gets worse, yeah, they're kind they of encouraging him yeah. to do it. Uh, he also barely says anything for a few minutes because the crowd just scream. Um, it's like the Beatles trying to be heard, but he just doesn't bother. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> even Oprah seems a bit weirded out by uh, this kind of behaviour. You can see it in her face a little bit, where she's like, is this good? <laughs> Uh, whether this was uh, pre-scripted, I don't know, but kind of wants the, it to change because she may know that this is kind of this is a bit weird. So maybe to end the thing, she encourages him. Whether this was, as I say, worked out beforehand, I don't know. Kind of asks him to go and find Katie, like a kind of looking for a sandwich or something. Um, so he, he goes looking for a bit like a fevered monkey and uh, goes all the way back through the uh, camera, follows them all the way back to the kind of green room or, or wherever Katie Holmes is <laughs> and goes and gets her and brings her out and uh, it's it's very strange the whole thing um, and and, and the, the kind of thing that is burnt onto everyone's retinas is it's kind of Tom Cruise's laughing face I can't get rid of it now it's there forever and his laugh as well I mean I, this is what people pick up on a lot which is the laugh and I think just having to think about it for two minutes it's maybe a defence mechanism for himself because if he he just kind of laughs a lot. Have you seen many interviews with Tom Cruise? Yeah, maybe he's just maybe he's bored of interviews. He just... Yeah, I mean, as I say, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Where it, it, it's to gives him some time to to yeah to think to about, think yeah, about things so, yeah. and a way of deflecting questions. Because I've seen him on what Graham Norton, uh, Top Gear. He laughs. He laughs a yeah. lot. It's the it's yeah. Maybe the, it's just his way of. With dealing with the interviews, maybe he doesn't like doing interviews, and that's just kind of like you say, his kind of defence mechanism. Yeah. So there we go. Um, that's about it. There was probably another page of notes and a page of events in there, but that's about it. Um, the most. Um, but what can you, what Darren? Can, what can I bring what, to the chat show? <laughs> chat show. What do you remember? What chat show moments can you remember? I think, um, and this is quite poignant at the moment because obviously Paul Daniels has been diagnosed, famous magician, been diagnosed with an incurable brain tumor. But I remember mm. his wife Debbie McGee going on to uh, Mrs. Merton show, which was a. It was it was a chat show, but it was kind of like Mrs. Merton was like a character, if you like, like an older lady character. And uh, she said to Mrs. Merton, said to Debbie McGee, so then, Debbie, what first attracted you to the multimillionaire magician Paul Daniels? <laughs> um, big, yeah, I mean, out of the blue, I've seen that many, many times. It's lost its effect a little bit, but it's a great line. Yeah. It's a brilliant line. Uh, Caroline Ahern, of course, character by Caroline Ahern. Other notable people on there? Bar- um... Not, not uh, what's the comedian called? Who's no longer with us? Old style comedian. Oh, Bernard Manning. Bernard Manning. On so, do there. you think you're a racist, Bernard? Or do you think I'm a racist? I can't remember how it was, but it was kind of like Richard Wilson was on there as well, mm. and Richard Wilson kind of regretted it as soon as he said it, but essentially took issue with Bernard Manning about the amount of it makes you sound racist talking about it, but um, the amount of uh, black and ethnic diversity in the army in the second world war i think it was the second world war uh-huh. and bernard manning was literally 
so obnoxious about it and just said that <laughs> essentially white people that just went to war. Uh, and Richard Wilson took issue with that and said, um, you know, mentioned the Common- I think the Commonwealth Army. Right, okay. You know, which was more diverse. But yeah, he, he could just he just let Bernard Manning die on his... <laughs> <laughs> There's ours, isn't he, really, uh, in terms of what he brought to the table. Yeah. I mean, why would you would you bring him on a chat show to begin with? What's the, what's the motive there for bringing him on? I think that that was pretty much at the, pretty much towards the end of his days, to be honest with you, because he, he, he actually got down to Paintland and done a gig. And I, I saw, <laughs> me and some mates went to see it, and uh, it, was, it was that kind of knackered, ill, whatever you want to say. He couldn't even get up on stage, and the stage was only literally like, a foot high, not even that. And he still had his slippers on. He had the big limos to take him home. I think it's probably one of those last. His agents probably. I don't mean it's nasty, but I, actually, he might have had a TV program on about yeah. is he racist? So he might have been promoting that, but it was kind of like his final. I think it was be- final round. I of, think he had another uh, ten years. I don't. Well, you know, I don't know, yeah. but um, I think he, it wasn't towards the end of his days. I that... they take him on because he's controversial, isn't he? He's not. I remember that show, and I think Freddie Starr did a similar one as well, where they, right, kind, okay. they were kind of talking about the death of entertainment and how things aren't what they used to be, and yeah. essentially saying, why aren't I on TV anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but why have him on the show? It, it, is it purely to get him on to make him look, try and make him look ridiculous, or because you disagree with his views? Or is it to get him on to know that it's going to make, make a moment? TV. Yeah, good yeah. TV. Going to make a moment that uh, it's going to help the show. I think it's probably a bit of both. But just going back to uh, sorry to interrupt, but just going back to Richard Wilson. Me and my mate was walking through Mayfair in London a few years back when I was working up there, and right in front of us was Richard Wilson. We both stopped. Like he's probably about ten foot in front of us by this point. We're going, go on, you say it, you say it. Go on, I bet he is the hundred times. Say, go on, go say something. I don't believe it. Go on, you say it, you say it. And we both bottled it and carried on. Good, I'm glad <laughs> you didn't piss Richard Wilson off. Of course, he made fun of that in the episode of Father Ted. You remember that? No, go on. You haven't seen it. Doesn't ring a bell. No. Oh well, it's the one where they get lost in the caves. The episode? If no. You... Go on, keep going. You need to watch Keep going, this. keep going. If okay. someone's already nicked my I don't believe it line, it's okay. Richard Wilson. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they, good luck to him and, and good on him for appearing in, in this. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in Father Ted? But Ted and Dougal are on an outing and they go to the caves and Richard Wilson is there as Richard Wilson. Dougal and Ted kind of nudge each other and, and Ted says, you know what he'd love? <laughs> <laughs> he'd love it if someone went up to him. And Ted is catchphrase, all words to that effect. <laughs> and then it's really well directed. He goes off to Richard Wilson in the distance. You just see uh, Dougal looking on. And then Ted says, in real loud voice, I don't believe it. And then you just see Richard Wilson grabbing his cap and just hitting <laughs> Ted. <laughs> and then he just walks back to where he was. And, you know, Dougal says, whatever. That that must be there. Like, if you've got a catchphrase, your fact, maybe not so much necessarily now. Catchphrase. I don't think anyone's really got any catchphrases as such. But can you imagine back in the eighties and nineties, people's catchphrase hearing that all the time. If I ever take it on board, you say this is that bought my house. You yeah, know, that exactly. Catchphrase, yeah. or it, you know, it does get to you. But I think, I mean, I wouldn't say that to him, or even think about saying that to him if I saw him. But you know, we're different people, aren't we? But uh, it's yeah. a very quiet day in central London, selling whatever we were selling at the time. Perfume. It wasn't perfume. Suitcases. No. Something like that. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so you either take it on board or you don't. I think he has, or at least he did in Father Ted anyway, which yeah. is the best way of doing it. And then he's back on in the show later on and, and whatever. But I won't, anyway, yeah, watch the episode. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, soap. We do a soap review every so often. Have you been keeping up to date with your soaps? I watched a bit of Emmerdale last night. Where like, right? Some woman, can't think what she's called, got out of prison, and then the charity, po- yeah, and then the police went round to her ex's house because like a Ferrari had gone missing, and then lo and behold, he's driving through the countryside and finds his ex in the said Ferrari, but now his new girlfriend drives off in the Ferrari. It's about as much as I've seen in the States this week. I've been a bit busy, to be honest with you. I miss that bit. Um, I've been keeping up to date with Emmerdale more so than I ever done before. But generally, whenever... I'm not a big fan of Charity Dingle as a character. 
you can do without it really. But whenever she's, I can't stand the kind of whenever her and and Kane get involved thing, with the, like a scam. Yeah, and she pretends to be some woman and they end up in a hotel and they run off they've done this many times they they run off with someone's car and then go and sell it and then they don't get any repercussions and you know is that a good thing to show on tv yeah, it's like he's dead isn't it oh you're family you're not family i've got the arches that we said before you've got the arches no i've got the arches <laughs> just going back to um to emmerdale kane dingle i've i've i don't want to sound like wait, i've met everybody wait, but i've met kane dingle wait. as well oh uh, man yeah you dropped some bombs around well, here, didn't you? Know, you? Just Clang. Three out of the last four people. Kane Dingle. Clang. Richard Bernard Wilson. Manning. Yeah. Richard Wilson. Ask me about David Hasselhoff another day. Tempting. <laughs> just going back to the uh, Oprah, yep. where like Tom Cruise and people were in hysteria when Tom Cruise entered the room. Yep. I was at the... You, you, yeah, <laughs> I you, do sound you've like You've experienced it. the same, haven't you? No, no. I was at the Sports Personality Awards in 2012, so the year of the Olympics. Were you? I was. You in the yeah. crowd? I was in the crowd, yes. Ooh. Yes. And uh, the whole atmosphere. I won't went... say where my ticket was, but it's not who you know, is it? No, it's not what you know. It's who you know. When David Beckham come on, the whole kind of atmosphere in the room changed. It was almost like he was royalty, and that it was a weird atmosphere. And then, like, he went off, and it all got back to normal. And then Kate Middleton come on. I don't know if she was there, Prince. I can't remember. I remember her coming on, and again, the atmosphere changed again. It's very weird how like somebody who people kind of hide hide in high regard. Walk in and the whole room just sort of changes. And then Steve Cram came on and, and everything changed. No, no, the no, environment. Steve Cram, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. And then Eddie the Eagle came on and everyone was hysterical, yeah? No. Is that how it went? No. Yeah. I'm just very jealous. I went to the Sports Personality Theory Awards <laughs> 2012. I don't even watch it on TV. It's a big self congratulatory. Yeah, as soon as I got a ticket, I got offered a ticket, and it was anyway. That's... I'd go if I was offered a ticket. Yeah, right, I'm a hypocrite. Then. Fair enough. You, go. you got it out of me, Emma Dale. Okay, Emma Dale. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Let's finish the Emma Dale. Corey is getting on my nerves at the moment. Coronation Street is, I think, reaching new lows with this Pat Feeden storyline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Someone comes into a soap, and then. Everyone's friendships and relationships absolutely mean nothing. <laughs> All the history yeah. means absolutely nothing. Someone turns up, and then for some reason, a group of people believes the person. Other people, this is the Pat Feeney storyline. Essentially, he turns up. Anna has a history with this character, um, but doesn't, through you know, for whatever reason, want to reveal that history. And everyone's kind of adopted him as their favourite uncle favorite friends even though they know that anna's kind of attacked him in the street now if you if someone you knew you kind of trusted attack someone else in the street you probably go hmm there's probably there's, there's a story yeah, there yeah exactly yeah, it's yeah. not just you haven't just done that for the sake of it but people you know this kind of stupefying effects on soap where everyone kind of believes him and gives him every benefit of the doubt and no one records anyone saying anything and all this yeah, kind of exactly. stuff um, that's what's happening with Corey at the moment, and I don't like it, and it's got to stop. Okay. Okay. And also, Les Dennis has to leave as well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Les. Bobby Davro couldn't make it pay on EastEnders, <laughs> so I'm sure you can find something else to do and go and do something else, because yeah, you, you are hurting the soap. He used to be quite good when he came in. Now I think he's just a bit kind of like... Again, it could be the feeling storyline. He's kind of a bit of a bit part player. So Pat Feeling needs to be found out tomorrow. If not, not Saturday, because we're done there on Saturday. Tonight. Monday. So, tonight. Friday, yeah, tonight. tonight will do. Or yesterday, by the time people are listening to this. <laughs> or Thursday. Yeah. Or, no, sorry. Monday. Uh, Wednesday. A double episode yeah. night yeah. next week. Okay. When I put this out on Monday. Um, and then you'll learn about the jump as well, uh, which is good. Uh, yeah, it needs to stop now. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. That's okay. We're going to talk about now, not for very long. But we are going to talk about Europe. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Now, this is something I, I said to Darren last week. I said, oh, what, what do you want to do on the podcast? Uh, we're struggling for listeners. I'm um, not struggling for listeners. You're I'm, listening, aren't you? I'm thinking about going news. What are you bringing <laughs> to the table? You didn't mention news. And I said about, let's, let's have a quick chat about Europe. Everyone's talking about Europe and whether... Britain should leave the EU and all that kind of stuff and what it really means and all that kind of stuff. But 
to be honest, no one really knows what it means if we leave Europe because we don't, we don't, we're part of Europe, but we're not part of Europe. Do you know what I mean? We're kind of like. And then I said, we're struggling for listeners. <laughs> what are you going to bring to the table? <laughs> right, Europe. We're going to talk about it briefly now. We're going to talk about it more once you put your research in and you can yeah. tell me all about the European debate. Yeah, but the thing is, when people are about us leaving Europe, we're not really part of Europe, are we? We're kind of like. We've got our own currency. We've got our own currency, yeah. So currency, Euro to Spain, to France, to Portugal, then it misses us, then you've got Euros in Ireland. So it's kind of like we're part... We're kind of like... I feel like we're kind of the the friend that sort of gets invited to places, but not all the time, do you know what I mean? When people want something, we're part of Europe. When we don't want something, we're not part of Europe. What are the pros? What are the cons? We're going to talk about that. We're going to interview the Queen, because apparently she thinks we should leave, and it's all been a bit of a hoo-ha... Yeah, is that what a leak that's come out? The leak's come out, yeah. Apparently the Queen said that Britain should leave the EU. And she's going to give up all her money and, and titles and estates and give it to the people? That hasn't been confirmed oh, yet. okay. All right. So, all right, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll I'll do some research into Europe and uh, pros okay, and we'll cons. Talk about it next time round. This is quite a teaser for the next, <laughs> exactly. the next podcast. So, people don't really care about Europe. They just want to know... If I go from a two-week holiday in Benidorm, is it going to cost me any more? That's all people really care about with Europe. They're selfish beings. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Well, Even yep. like the immigrants and all that kind of stuff, people, you're not going to... St- oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah, but I think we're going to talk about it in the next podcast. I think so. we are, yeah. So, um, who can we trust? I'm sure there's someone we can trust. There's someone I'll we can trust. I'll find someone to trust. Isn't there, Darren? We, we can trust the politicians, can we? We'll find someone, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, there's there's the challenge. This is your uh, little thing you put on Facebook the other day about our local MP. Um, yeah, let's not get into that. That's another story. <laughs> all right, yeah, I should do some research ready for uh, oh, Darren. Time. Darren does the work. Yeah, I like, like the sound of this. Bring some research. Do I some like research. the sound of this. Look, just be careful when you don't duplicate any pages no, of information right. and leave anything out because that's what the amateurs do and uh, I don't want to see you do that. All right? It's all right, yeah. There's probably a page here that I've just haven't included. But anyway, that's the show for this time. Podcast four. Excellent. I will be preparing for my nude event, which is how the police will probably describe it. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I've got to get the projector sorted out for a start. That's a pain in the ass, you know. <laughs> it might literally be a pain <laughs> in the ass. Right. Well, I shall see you next time. I shall see you there too for a European debates. <laughs> Our version. Goodbye. Bye.